Now, after serving South African football with distinction for the past 21 years, former SAFA Technical Director of Women's Football, Fran Hilton-Smith, appears to have some reservations about her forced retirement. Speaking on the sidelines of the COSAFA Women's Championships in Port Elizabeth, where she is part of the technical study group, Hilton-Smith is confirmed, and has confirmed rather, that she was forced to retire by the South African Football Association at the end of May this year. Now, SABC Sports understands that the financial situation at the SA football mother body have resulted in them actually taking these drastic steps. Well, of course, for me, disappointing not to be at SAFA anymore. Um, I'm still very much involved in football at, at here now doing the Kasafa technical study. Um, I'm still involved on the CAF technical committee at FIFA. But for me, of course, very disappointing not to still be at SAFA. I believe in my 21 years there, I've done a tremendous amount of work. We have 27 CAFA licensed coaches that I was instrumental in developing. We have 87 women who've completed the FIFA Administrator's course. Uh, The High Performance Centre, which I started 12 years ago, has produced the bulk of the national teams. So I think I leave uh, a very good legacy and a very high benchmark for whoever comes to to attain. So uh, I leave knowing that I've done the best that I possibly can and that I've achieved a lot for women's football in not only South Africa, but uh, in Africa and, and still in the rest of the world. And that's true. I mean, uh, very few women in domestic football can look back with pride over serving the game with distinction, like the veteran administrator, Fran Hilton-Smith. Having joined SAFA over two decades ago, she has served in various positions at the organization over the years and remains key a key cog in shaping women's football in the country and across the continent. Now, Smith retires from her role as SAFA's technical director of women's football with accolades aplenty and a legacy that will remain entrenched in the beautiful game. Well, she's on the line. A friend, welcome to the show. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Happy to be here. And let's just look at uh, the South African Football Association, seeing that you've been with them for quite a long time. You know, Safa now and Safa then, when you joined 21 years ago. What is the difference? Well, I think a lot has developed. I think there's been a lot of development, especially in women's football. Um, We've really grown tremendously. And, of course, the cherry on the top, I've waited 25 years, is uh, Benyana qualifying for the World Cup. Mm. They've been to two Olympics, but the World Cup's always the cherry. I've been to every World Cup uh, working for FIFA, except 91, of course. But... uh, I think we've grown in many aspects. Of course, still a lot of growth to be done, but we certainly have reached some of the benchmarks that, uh, for me personally, I wanted to achieve and for Safa. We'll touch on Banyana in about a minute, but I mean, let's talk about you now. What inspired you to actually get into the game of football, a game that many might say, in the past especially, has uh, been really, really popular with men? Well, I was a player initially, played uh, provincial football for 10 years um, in uh, Eastern Transvaal then, or now Ikuruleni, and then got into coaching. And uh, when Safa got into uh, back into FIFA, um, 
I joined, I was the president of the Women's Football Association, then joined SAFA and uh, realized that we need more women coaches. So mm. I made that a priority uh, to do, which I think I've achieved. And also that we needed an academy, which now is in its 12th year. So I think uh, we have 87 women administrators who did FIFA courses. So I think uh, women's football certainly has grown tremendously. We went to the Under-17 World Cup twice. So we, we're getting there. We still, of course, need more competition. Africa needs more competition, but uh, CAF are working on that. So I think SAFA definitely has grown over the years. Mm. And then, I mean, it couldn't have been easy working with men, especially because they are at the forefront and they lead the game in many, many fronts. That's correct, and I think, uh, fortunately, when I got into coaching, I was a very good football player, left-footed, left-wing, so (laughs) I was uh, accepted by all the men that I started training with, the Sheikhs Mishabas, Strat Malata, etc. So I was accepted into the group because I could play football, and it just kind of grew from there. I did the CAF high-level course way back when, in 95, I think, so um, I was fortunate to be very close with many of the men. But of course, yes, football has always been a man's sport. It's still dominated um, in the hierarchy of uh, football by men. But uh, I've learned to negotiate those bumps and achieve uh, in the main a lot of what I wanted to achieve. Mm. Let's now get into Banyana Banyana. I mean, uh, we've seen them now qualifying for the final of the Kosafa Women's Championships. I mean, aside of that is really, really, over the years, really, they have been improving and they've been quite dominant when it comes to African football. I mean, your thoughts about them? Well, they've grown in leaps and bounds. Um, uh, now, of course, yes, in the final of the Kosafa, having beaten Zimbabwe now, I'm here in Port Elizabeth doing the technical study group. A good 3-1 victory. Um, with many of the local-based players, because uh, obviously with the, the commitments, many most of the overseas-based players didn't come. But I think the more players we have overseas, the better, because the problem for South Africa, Africa in the main, has been lack of competition at a high level. And playing in the European leagues is what our girls need to compete all the time, because... That's where Europe is lucky. They're forever playing every month as an international. And that just always keeps them one step ahead of us and Africa. And then, I mean, looking at them as well, in the World Cup, though, their side, they went in there. They qualified for the first time. I mean, that's also part of the growth. However, managing not to get into the second round, what did you make of their performance there, seeing that it was their first World Cup? Well, it's a big stage, you know. There's nothing like a World Cup. And I always used to come back from the World Cups and say, you know, this is what we need to do, this is how it is. But you have to be there to feel it yourself. And Mm. now they've felt it. Um, They know what's expected. So they can only learn and uh, and improve going forward. And obviously, it's the benchmark set. We expect to go to the next World Cup. We expect to go to the Olympics now in Japan. So we just hope that they continue with this growth. And, of course, more players snapped up in Europe. So that's very good for the girls. 
We are talking to Fran Hilton-Smith right here on Radio 2000 Metro FM on Morale Sports Worldwide. And of course, you can call in and also talk to her as well, 089-110-2000-089-110-3377. And even send your voice notes as well, 60 with the hashtag MSW on all social media. We're going to be speaking to her even further after this short commercial break. Still in conversation with Fran Hilton-Smith right here on uh, Marawa Sports Worldwide. And of course, let's go down to Durban where we find Mdu, who'd like to comment and even uh, speak to him. Mdu, good evening and welcome to the show. Marawa. How are you doing? I- I'm Lelo though, but yeah, it is the Marawa Sports Worldwide. I'm Talk to us. Yeah. Uh, Fran Hilton-Smith is on the line. I'm not coming. 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 right. Thank you so much. Uh, there. Thank you. Uh, that is Dugam um, Tetwa talking to us. Sunyambo Sede from uh, down in Durban. Now, friend, just continuing with uh, Banyana Banyana and uh, the way that they've been, you know, that they've been growing. Do you actually foresee them uh, in the future and even in the near future, that is? Qualifying for the World Cup yet again, and even now making it into the second round, the knockout stages. Absolutely, I think so. I think they've now had a taste of uh, what it's all about. Um, they know what is expected and uh, preparing. We have a lot of competitions coming up, like the Olympic qualifiers, etc. So I'm positive that the team can only grow from this. That you know they've had that taste now, and they want more. I'm sure. And then, I mean, tell us about uh, your work with uh, Kosafa because, yes, the Kosafa Women's Championship is currently underway. You out there in uh, Port Elizabeth and you're actually seeing what the ladies are actually doing there on the field of play. Well, it's a fantastic tournament. I think it's uh, it's groundbreaking in Africa, actually. It's the biggest tournament for women in Africa, the Kosafa with 16 teams, the under-20 girls with uh, 10 teams, so... It's really been something that the rest of Africa should follow, what Kusaf is doing, giving the girls an opportunity to compete at, uh, you know, every second day they're playing a match. And now, of course, for our under-20 girls, they're going to the All-Africa Games. So it's a massive preparation for them. For Banyana, they have to play Botswana in the Olympics. So this gives them competition, and the, if we don't, that's the big thing in Africa. South Africa is competition. So this Kasafa tournament has given them another platform to uh, hone their skills, show what they're doing, and uh, improve themselves and the game in the country. And then, I mean, one might also say that uh, right now it is long overdue for South Africa to have a professional women's football league. Well, the National League is now about to happen, um, which is another step forward that teams, the top teams in the country can play each other. Mm. So that can only help tremendously to help the girls in in their endeavors to compete more. And then what do you make of the support that Banyana Banyana has been receiving whenever they go out there in the field of play? Because, I mean, you've seen whenever Banyana are on the field of play, goals definitely will be scored. Yes, they are talented of that. There's no doubt the supporters love them. Today, uh, for the match, the stadium was packed. 
um, and they always attract a huge crowd because they play attractive football. They're very skillful. We saw in the goals today some brilliant headers, solo efforts um, from Kandi that scored a goal. So people love to watch them because they, they know where the goals are and they like to put on a display uh, for the crowd, which we saw today. Mm. And then what do you make of the current crop of players that are actually plying their trade when it comes to Banyana Banyana who are representing the country? Because, I mean, we've been seeing them and a number of them also, they get uh, picked by teams from abroad. In the USA, we do have some even down under. Well, that just shows the caliber of our players. I mean, having been fortunate to travel the world in my FIFA duties, I've seen the level overseas. And for these top clubs uh, to come out here, right to the bottom of Africa and scout our players. Just shows the talent that we have when they have uh, players from all over the world. They Mm. can sign up. They come here and take out. So it shows that we have skill. And that's something in my role at FIFA. uh, People always said African players, Africa is a sleeping giant. And once we compete more, which now is my role at CAF on the technical committee. We've been pushing for more competition in Africa. It's coming. There's uh, teams increased uh, in the women's championships. There's a lot in the pipeline. So that just shows that uh, Africa is now trying to catch up with the rest of the world when it comes to competition. Let's go to the lines right here on hashtag MSW, where we're talking to Fran Hilton Smith about uh, all sorts of things that are football related and her career and her tenure as well when it comes to her being with the South African Football Association. We'll get onto the lines in a you know not so long a time, but I mean, Fran, looking at. Um, Coaching now when it comes to women's football, looking at coaching when it comes to Banyana Banyana. Desiree Ellis, they're taking over from Vera Powell and she's managed to really take this team forward. What have you made of her, what do you make of her tenure so far in the hot seat? Well, I think she spent a year or so understudying Vera, who is a tactician. So she learned from her. Um, she was a former player for many years, the mm, captain. captain. So you, you've just got to learn and and uh, grow yourself through these things. The same with uh, the under-17 coach, some Peewee Glutlu, mm, former player, captain, captain uh-huh. comes from our high-performance center, has a sports science degree, is the only woman in Africa that holds a UEFA B license. Wow. I sent it to Holland in the snow for four months to go and do a UEFA B so it's been my vision that uh, women can come into football and coach the teams. And it's a dream that uh, more teams are coached by women in the Cecil League, in the National League. But it's not easy. It's a very difficult role. It's very difficult to coach. There isn't much work for women coaches. So often they're not too keen to get involved in that field. But it's something I've tried to push for. I mean, he's talking about the fact that there isn't quite a lot of work for women's coaches here in South Africa ever. We've got a vacancy when it comes to Bafana Bafana. Is there a woman coach out there that is qualified enough to actually go out and take that job? Well, I think at, at the moment we don't have any women who have the vast experience, um, competitive experience that you need to to coach at the level of Bafana. But I'm sure in years to come with the way that the women are growing, 
it's a possibility. So I know uh, Carolina Moretti, the top Italian coach, she's coached in one of the top men's teams. So it, it's a possibility. It, it will just take time, I'm sure. Mm. And then speaking of national teams, when it comes to Banyana, I mean, they are a side that is formidable on the continent here in Africa. They are now in the final of the Kosafa, going to be playing against Zambia on Sunday. However, it seems like there is still a bit of a gap between them and some of the world's top sides, such as the United States, Japan, and even Italy. What is it that would take to actually bridge that gap? Competition. Purely competition. And in Africa, we only have uh, a big competition every two years, the African Women Cup of Nations. And it's just not enough. So we need a, a Champions League in Africa. We need the best teams playing each other. We just need more competition. And it's something like this Kasafa tournament that now happens every year. Mm. That is a massive uh, way of, of improving the standard of the girls and uh, getting them up to speed with, with the rest of the world who fortunately seem to play each other on a regular basis. I mean, in Europe, you can get on a train or a bus and travel from Italy, Germany, Sweden, Denmark. So it's easy to play for us in South Africa, for instance. If we want to go and play Nigeria or Cameroon, if their teams are active, which normally between competitions they yeah. often are not, it's a huge cost factor. And that's where Fessel has really come in and helped the woman to be able to compete. We played Sweden, we played Netherlands, we played USA. So we've had the opportunity and we've got to appreciate that and learn from it. And I think that's the aim of the team. And I mean, it is only fair to say that Banyana Banyana needs also to be given a lot more of the tougher teams because, I mean, yes, the 17-0 score against the Comoros, it was good to watch. But in terms of a side as Banyana Banyana to grow, they need much, much more stiffer competition than that. And they yes, deserve it you, too. you have to play the best to, be, to beat the best. And I think in Africa now, we've beaten Nigeria um, we've crossed that bridge. They were always the big nemesis, but mm-hmm. we've got over that. And uh, I think now it's to, to try and be up there with the rest of the world. And and that now is obviously the next goal, that when we qualify, hopefully for the next World Cup, we can compete on a, a better footing. We have the experience now, many more players going overseas. So I'm confident we can put up a good show. And I mean, with the sponsors, what else are they looking for? I mean, Banyana Banyana aside, that is producing the goods, they're performing, they are winning things, they even qualify for the World Cup. Yes, I think the sponsors have got a, a good return for their huge investment. Cecil uh, have been the kind of lifeblood sponsor of Banyana. So I think for them, it was really great that the team got to the World Cup because that's that's the cherry on the top in women's football is going to play at the World Cup, which now we have. Mm. And then, I mean, uh, when it comes to your vision for women's football here in Africa, you've been involved in it for uh, over two decades. I'm sure you would actually one day like to see it go to, you know, reach a certain level that it hasn't reached at the moment. What is your vision? Yes, I think, uh, especially on being uh, in CAF for so many years, I've, I've instructed in coaches from every country in Africa. I've been to every country in Africa. 
And I think we have the talent, but the women have to be given the opportunity to coach. And, of course, it still is a very, very male-dominated area. Very difficult for the women coaches to keep uh, continuing in their positions. But it's something that uh, I hope to continue pushing for, um, as I have done in the past, and also for FIFA in in my travels around the world, developing women coaches because they deserve an opportunity, but they have to be competent. You can't just put a woman coach there because she's a woman. They have to be able to do the job, and that's what I try and instill in the coaches. All right. Friend Hilton Smith in conversation with us here on Marawa Sports Worldwide. Let's play some voice notes where people have got to say things to her and about her. Hi, Lelo. This is PC from Welcome. Lelo, it's very, very shocking to hear that friend was forced to resign from the SAFA. As the women are busy preparing for them, for their own league, SAFA is busy pushing away the committed ladies that are willing to make our country proud, especially the women's football. It's very, very sad. If there is anybody who must be forced to resign in SAFA, it must be Denis Jordan himself. So really, this SAFA thing is getting to our nerves each and every day. Our country, instead of getting forward, is going backwards. Shabura. Hi, guys. I'm SW. I just, I'm just wondering thinking to myself, the money that was mentioned in the 2010 World Cup that FIFA was supposed to pump in to our development of football, we're not seeing it in our schools. Uh, The National Women's League is still not on. We're still talking about we're in the process of of developing the, the, the Women's League uh, the youth structures, they are not uh, well-funded. So what happened to that money for the 2010 World Cup, those millions that were supposed to be helping with the grassroots level uh, when it comes to soccer development in our country? Maybe uh, I'm not clued up about Maybe someone can maybe explain to me in studio I'm just wondering. Thank you. Spesoye, Newcastle, Matatini. Thank you. Thank you so much to the two gentlemen that have sent us voice notes regarding what's happening with Safa and why is Friend being pushed out. I mean, Friend, what reasons were given to you when they said uh, we no longer require your services? Well, you know, it was that uh, it's, I'm over age, so there is an age limit to Safa, but uh, for me, I just feel I have a lot to offer. I probably will, hopefully, in a consultancy basis. But mm. there is an age limit at SAFA, and they've implemented that. And it was a decision of the executive. So um, disappointing for me, but uh, and I will continue to do as much as I can wherever I can.
Yeah, isn't it amazing that uh, when it comes to a woman, the age factor comes in. But we've seen quite a lot of uh, big teams, even abroad, where men coach till their age, 85, even 90. I mean, how old is the coach of the, of the, the Uruguayan national team? It's absolutely, absolutely amazing, really. Now, friend, talking about, you know, when it comes to your role in transforming women's football in Africa at large, tell us about what is it that were your highlights for you? Well, seeing my coaches come through the ranks, I mean, Zambia, yeah, I had uh, women coaches who did the FIFA course I did, uh, Zimbabwe, the under-20s too, their coaches, one of my products. Um, seeing here yeah, many of the people working have done the FIFA administration courses that I managed to put into place, so... For me, I've seen the results of, of these efforts and I certainly hope that they continue in the future because women need to be empowered to run the sport. I mean, that's, that's just clear, but they must be given the, the training and the opportunity. And then when it comes to the Women's uh, Professional League that is still in the pipeline, how would you like to see it run here in this country? Well, I haven't been very involved in that. I've been, you know, I was busy with the teams and my high performance center, but certainly um, we hope that it runs smoothly and continuously because it's what we need is to have a, a second competition, a higher competition with more competition. So it's something everyone's been waiting for and we certainly hope that it turns out to be what it should be, but I'm sure it will. But I mean, in terms of your wishes, uh, what is it that you'd like to actually see it yield for the country and for the sport? Well, more competition, because if the girls are playing continuously against each other, the top teams in the country, it can only lead to an improvement in the players uh, for the national teams, because all these players from the National League, the Cecil League, are the ones that feed into the this nation into Banyana, the under-20s, under-17s. Mm. And then uh, also, I mean, you are now in the technical study group, and that's why you're out in Port Elizabeth. Well, tell us about it and what it's in, what's involved, what's in its involvement is when it comes to the sport. Well, Kusafa's vision is to, we analyze all the teams that are here and uh, do video recordings, we do reports, and then all these will be sent to the teams, to the federations in Kusafa, so that they can see how their teams did, how they can improve. We make recommendations on what they can do to improve their teams, their coaches, to ensure the growth of women's football in the Kusafa region so that our teams in Kusafa can compete in the rest of Africa when the big competitions come up. Well, you know, it's still good to see that uh, you are not lost to football. Uh, well, thank you so, so much, uh, friend, uh, when it comes to the interview. And let's hope that your visions of seeing more competitions for women's soccer do get realized in the country and that Banyana Banyana actually do grow in leaps and bounds even more and even go out there and do very well and even, even win the, the World Cup as well. Who do you think is going to take the Kosafa Cup, by the way, between uh, Zambia as well as Banyana this weekend? Well, of course, we must hope for South Africa. Zambia has improved dramatically over the 
last couple of years, a lot of development. They're under-20 team two is in the final. So uh, it shows that there's a big growth in women's football. And we have to hope that that continues because we have the best players that uh, could compete on any stage in the world. So we want to see that continue and have more Kasafa tournaments, the yearly thing, which is what's happening. So it's great for the growth of women's football. Friend, thank you so, so much for your time. Thank you for your time. Thank you. That is a former SAFA Women's Technical Director, Friend Hilton Smith, right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide. It's 7 o'clock. It's news time.